I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It's coming out! Robbie Robbie Weekly. Little reverse pass. Oh! Hello everybody and welcome to Friday's Rugby Weekly with the 42. Yes, here we go. We're looking ahead to Ireland's final World Cup warm-up against Samoa in Bayonne. And a man who has just touched down in Biarritz. He was so keen to chat to you, in fact, that he's still in the airport. Is the 42's own Murray Kinsella. Murray, great to see you. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm actually still in Dublin airport. So excuse oh, really? me for the, the background noise. I'm taking off in a, about an hour's time to get over to Biarritz. A wonderful weekend ahead. A lovely spot. I've never been in Bayon, which is very nearby for the game. Stadium there, St- Stade John de Jura's beautiful spot. Amazing crowd usually, but obviously a lot of Irish fans this time, a few Samoan fans, and a big weekend ahead. The excitement is really building, and Ireland just brought forward the squad announcement by a day as well, just to add to the, the tension, the dramatic tension, so... Very exciting times, Gav. I jumped the gun so a little bit on your exact uh, location, but yeah, very much on your way to Biarritz. Talk to me about this squad being brought forward, Murray. What does it actually mean, if anything at all? It means a little bit less work on Sunday. Because that was the day where you would have been scrabbling around trying to get in touch with sources, trying to find out who's in and who's out. And that was, I remember the last two World Cups, it was an intense day of work. And I think we, the 42 and others, managed to, to get it out there ahead of schedule. So this Maybe Nick selling the budge. They're bringing it forward. The players will find out, and pretty soon after that, there will be the, the public announcement four thirty on Sunday. And yeah, I think it's just to avoid that extra day of stress and extra day of speculation when some people will have had disappointing news and and some people have had brilliant news. So it's great that we're finally here after months and months of chatting around the permutations, and even still now, it's not completely clear which way it'll it'll roll out and who's in and who's out but we'll find out very soon yeah we might dig into that in a moment as well when we're looking at the team to play Samoa but I guess if the squad announcement has been moved forward by a day it means your travel plans change as well how does that all work how was the process communicated to the press pack traveling to Biarritz yeah we have to come back a little bit earlier we were due to fly on Sunday night back from Biarritz having presumably done a day's work but we're now jumping on the Ireland team flight at midday on Sunday, straight back, which I presume will be a nicer flight than the one I would have been on without naming names. And yeah, we'll get back in and straight to, they're doing the Shelburne Hotel in, in Dublin city centre. So straight in there to find out officially what's happened. It'll be, I, I guess, interesting being around the squad, given that some of them might've had some bad news and some really uh, devastating news in some cases for people who've had high hopes. So um, yeah, it'll all be very real and we'll, we'll see it up close and personal and then the rest of the world will find out on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. Before we look at Samoa, just want to say that if you do enjoy this free Friday pod, you won't want to miss out on Rugby Weekly Extra during the Rugby World Cup. We'll have two new subscriber-only podcasts every week on Monday and Wednesday, as well as instant post-match reaction pods from the stadium after every Ireland game. We'll have special guest contributors throughout the tournament as well. And subscribers, of course, have exclusive access to all of our analysis, features and sports writing throughout the tournament. It's a brilliant offer that we're giving you as well here today for listeners of this Friday pod. Only available for a few days, but if you sign up before Sunday, the 3rd of September, you get a 30% discount on an annual membership, which is €42 for your first year. The special offer is available now. Go to the 42.e forward slash extra 
to sign up and our big tournament preview pod will go out on monday the 4th of september so make sure you get the discount and sign up before then murray both teams really interesting samoa have gone pretty strong like you just see some of the names and it's a little bit played out the extent to which Samoa and some of the Pacific Island teams are physical but actually just the individual names in the Samoa team gives you the shivers a little bit the thought of some of them thudding into guys who are hopefully going to last the tournament for Ireland but equally a a really interesting looking Ireland team I'll start with them what did you read into Farrell's selection uh, for this game and by on? Well, it's unclear what we should read in because last weekend it felt like Keen Prendergast was in because he was going to the World Cup and that Stuart McCluskey might be the, the one to unfortunately miss out. And now you're thinking the exact opposite is McCluskey gets his second start in three games, surely an indicator that he's early in the, the plan. So I'm not sure exactly what to, to make of it. Obviously, Keith Earls is in there again and, and you're thinking he's surely got his, his spot nailed as well. So a bit of a guessing game really, but opportunity knocks and even if there are players there who aren't going to go they'll be primed and ready to to be called up they'll be top of that standby list and they've said it a number of times how much they expect that to, to play a role in the World Cup the guys could come in late or after a game or two because there will be injuries and they could actually play a big role and if they're match fit and match ready they'll be absolutely set to go but the McCluskey one I think is particularly interesting isn't it it hints at an 18-15 split with the four centres going and, and your thoughts all along that he carries the centre off and as it's 23, that it's been such a positional attrition for Ireland and such change. And even the fact, most importantly of all, that McCluskey has put together a brilliant body of work in the last year or so for Ireland. He was one of their best players last season. Started all three November test wins, started three of the Grand Slam games. And played really well. Even the shortish thing he had against South Africa last autumn was excellent. It was proof that he can make an impact there. And if you're pondering between going 19 forwards and bringing a Prendergast, for example, or going 15 backs and bringing McCluskey, it's kind of clear that McCluskey can, if you can say with greater certainty, can impact big games in the World Cup and gives you that ballast as well. So I've kind of swung from thinking that they're definitely 19, 14 on, what, just Monday's spot to now veering the other way. And I'm also reminding myself that it doesn't really matter hugely given the proximity of France and given the fact that guys are going to be ready and will, will be called upon. Like, they're over on, it's going to be an hour and a half flight to, to get in and there's going to be no delay in terms of someone becoming ready to go when they're when they're called up. So, yeah, a few tough calls, though, nonetheless. And the hooker situation seems to have settled with Sheehan now confirmed going, basically, and, and Keller looking really good with his hamstring recovery as well. You would think that that settles the, the three experienced options there. But Tom Stewart getting a chance of, as a starting hooker for the first time is really exciting. Given his potential, given what he's done for Ulster last season and how he's performed by all accounts in, in pre-season camp, it's brilliant for him to get another major experience like this. So just on the hookers, before I swing back to the McCluskey-Prendergast dilemma, you reckon Kelleher is pretty much on the plane given his fitness update? Like you don't think that Stewart can necessarily play his way into the squad against Samoa? I don't. If Keller's good to go, I think you base it on what you've seen over the last few years, not just a last-minute Samoa warm-up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you should go with the most recent thing you've seen. But Kelleher, I know he's been injury prone and been unlucky on that front but he's done it against some very good teams his top level explosive contribution is beyond question really and to have a, a pairing of him and she and 
if they get severe injury and get fully fit in one of those big games, I think it's a massive attribute. Whereas you probably know, you just do know less about Stewart. I think it's obvious that he's going to be really good. And if he was qualified now, he could no doubt do an excellent job. But I think it would be foolhardy to just ignore what Keller has done in the past. Yeah, 100%. The only way Keller wouldn't go would be if there was a setback or if they just felt as though he wasn't ready. And combined with Sheehan, you maybe don't want to take that chance of two of them being, you know, 65, 70% when it, it comes to when push comes to shove. But uh, I think you're bang on with that. With the other major call, like it feels as though we do have it whittled down to those two men, Matloski or Prendergast. And whether or not Ireland go for a, a 1914 or an 1815 will be determined by which of those two go. At least that seems to be the consensus at the moment, just from narrowing it down. Everybody is doing the same thing, by the way. Do, like, how locked in are you on that? Or, or is there still, uh, I, I guess, is there still scope for Farrell to spring a surprise on Sunday afternoon? There sure is. And the closer it gets, the more you kind of doubt that thinking. And you've seen it with some of the other big contenders. They've surprised everyone with the way they've, filled slots or you know brought only five props in South Africa's case two hookers some of two tens some of two nines there's all sorts of ways you can go with it and I don't think Farrell is a slave to just the, the generally agreed thinking he has given us a few surprises in the past or he's done things not in a completely drastically new way but but his own slant even the centre on the bench at 23 something like that so there is yeah there is scope they've got Keen Healy's ability over tight head prop Finney Bielham has, has slipped across and was a loose head as we know a long time ago maybe they take what still feels like a bit of a risk in doing that I, I just think you have established depth in all those specialist positions at 9 at 10 and the 10 one was one I kind of threw around in my mind for a while and Frawley's presence there maybe contributed to that but given that Sexton is just coming back for the start of the World Cup given his injury profile and his age I think it would just be a risk to to bring only two of them. So I'm probably more leaning the way your your question opened there in terms of making that last call between just an extra forward or an extra back. Is there a chance that because McCluskey is starting, like everybody will suspect then, or excuse me, not everybody, but certainly a lot of people will suspect that it's Prendergast's position who's in doubt and like McCluskey could arguably play his way in against Samoa. But is there a chance that based on what you were saying earlier, he is only an hour and a half away. Uh, you start him against Samoa in the event or to prepare for the event that you do have to bring him over. So you're giving him test match exposure as close as possible to the tournament. Prendergast is in cotton wool from last week and he's sort of good to go, if you know what I mean. Like you're almost um, preempting a situation in which you might have to call McCluskey over and he'll be as close as good to go as he could have been in the circumstances. Yeah, that's eminently possible. And given the injury issues they've had in that position, it makes sense if you are doing that. I think he would be the most unlucky one to possibly miss out, given what I mentioned about what he's done in the jersey. And someone like Prendergast has kind of just bolted out of the blue. Joe McCarty has been in around the squad for a long time. And I think what I saw in those games showed why they've been patient and waiting to give those opportunities. And I think he should go as one of those four locks. The other bit that might favor Mikoski is that Baird is now being seen as a, a blindside flanker. This is the second start there, having previously just been a second row for Ireland. You know, that's where all his starts came, was it was in the second row. And obviously, I made the 
transition, I guess, with Leinster last season, playing along a blind side, and now he gets his second start there. So they may feel that they have enough back row cover with him going there and, and those four locks, including McCarthy. So there's all sorts of eventualities here. And even though we're so close, and even though they've named these two teams in the last two weekends, it's still not 100% crystal clear. I'm putting you on the spot here, but how many elite test teams would Stuart McCluskey start for at 12? I'm trying to read it off the top of my head here. So I think he starts for England, he starts for Wales, Scotland, uh, probably not South Africa, maybe New Zealand. Like, he's he's unbelievably good. That's it. He would start for low. And he's now shown he can do it at the top level. He was out in the cold, really, until last November. It looked like he was just going to be that first foot figure he was under Joe Schmidt. He got a couple of tier two game caps for, for Ireland under Farrell. And then those doors opened with people missing and he firmly grabbed them and has shown that he's not just the the powerhouse that he is in terms of the carry, but he's fitted in well with what Ireland want to do in terms of ball playing and, and playmaking as well. So there's great confidence in the depth there. And also interesting that Henshaw goes again at 13. He's now played more games at 13 after this than he than he has at 12 under Andy Farrell. And uh, I think it's good that you get that extra appearance in him. Just in the horrible event that something did happen to Gary Ringrace at, at Henshaw, who looked a little bit rusty after saying that Italy game is a little bit more speed. There's a few selections of that. Even O'Brien going again at 15 gets another big chance to, to settle into that role. Samoa preparing for their own World Cup campaign, of course. What do you anticipate they're going to do against Ireland on Saturday? Well, I hope it's hope it's a real notable step up in terms of the intensity of the game. We're so close now. And other nations, as we discussed, have had some big games. You look at South Africa and the All Blacks going at it tonight. And I know both coaches will be wincing at times. And maybe in hindsight, we'll say that was foolish. You, you put your players at a risk. But... It'll mean they're fully tuned and ready to go. Now, it's different because Ireland opened against Romania. They don't have to be anywhere near peaking. And it would be absolutely foolish to even have tried that. They won't have tried that. They'll, they'll save that peak for hopefully later in the competition and build that around that this time. But you would hope that Samoa give that physical intensity you mentioned and a more coherent effort to break Ireland down as well which we haven't really seen. Italy didn't get going. We know their attacks dangerous. They didn't get going against the Irish defence. England, woeful in terms of how they use the ball against the Irish. And this Samoa team, while there's been some big name additions, though, like Lima Sabuanga is getting his first cap properly. He played against the Barbarians last weekend and did well. And filled in. You have Stephen Luatua, a couple of other guys who joined the parade. But there's a settled core of a squad who've been there for a few years now. Uh, and they've built pretty well and quietly compared to the other... Um, Pacific Island nations even. I don't think there's been much mentioned, but they definitely have designs on making a dent in this competition and given the weakness of their side of the draw of going deep. So I think a more ferocious contest would be would be brilliant for Ireland. Unfortunately, it looks like the, the weather's turning over a bit. <laughs> they hope that would be hot and humid and it'll be a, a sample of that. They may not get that. There's rain even in the forecast. And um, they'll trial out that late kickoff time it's 8 45 p.m local which is obviously newish to a lot of guys and will feature in the world cup as well and even the week of building up when you're away from home it's all been as far as i can gather really beneficial for just a trial run for what's ahead and i think farrell really wants to see his team 
given a, a much sterner test next. You alluded to it there. Could Samoa get out of their pool if you look at, uh, like, well, they're going to beat Japan, I think. Um, they basically have to catch Argentina on a bad day, which Argentina do have them. Like, they're a little bit up and down. England are having mostly bad days, but you'd imagine they should still have enough kind of residual quality to beat Samoa. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility. No, I think in terms of ranking in my head, it's Fiji as the, the leading Pacific island nation, then Samoa, then Tonga, who just haven't come together after a promising start. And they've had a few injuries and they've looked just disjointed. But even last year, before some of the, the new guys that signed up, Samoa had some really good performances. The year before that, even in the Pacific Nations Cup, they were good. As you mentioned, they beat Japan recently. It was a red card, I know, in that game, but they had a pretty good uh, lead into this tournament as well. And I'm watching them against Barbarians last weekend. It was a, a Barbarians-esque game, but there were glimmers of what they can do. Someone like Theo McFarland is really one to watch. He's playing in the second row again against Ireland. Missed last year with injury at, at Saracens, but he's a real freakish athlete and, and he can break a game open. Um, so yeah you'd love to see moments like that that really stress Ireland and even if it's a bit of a frustrating bitty uh, annoying game I think that would be much better than what they've had so far I know you're keen to get on a plane there so before we let you go what are your plans for when you get to Beirutz what's the schedule like for the media and do you have any scope to see a little bit of Beirutz or Bayon while you're there Absolutely. I've missed all the media, thankfully. So I don't have to go to any pressers or anything before the game. I get in, I'll finish my work, hopefully get some done on the, the plane now and then catch up with the, the rest of the crew who've been over there for the week, sunning themselves. And I think it was nearly 40 degrees one of the days. So I think it was quite uncomfortable for them at, at times. And then tomorrow, definitely have a look around. All accounts are hard, good few Irish jerseys around. And there are people, I suppose, expats and stuff in that area or people who are on holidays will definitely get along and, and you'd expect a good crowd in, in that regard try and take in as much of the rugby as well as possible really excited for that game tonight and as myself and own discussed during the week there's a really good array of, of those final warm-up fixtures personally I'll have my fingers crossed for every single player who's, who's going on the pitch that there's no dream shattered in that way but it just feels so real now it feels like I'm after the World Cup I know I'm coming back on Sunday and I get a few more days at home but we're well and truly into it now. When it does actually begin, will it begin with New Zealand as the world's number one team? Nah, they're not going to beat the box with 15, are they? Maybe someone's going to be listening to this after they've watched the match tomorrow morning. <laughs> and uh, that will have happened, but can't see. I think mean, the box have flexed their muscle last weekend. They have a good team out as well. And it'll be fascinating to see because the last time these two sides met, which was recently enough, the box weren't, weren't on it, were they? 20 minutes in, the, the game was over. They just they didn't show in that, that opening passage. So I'd expect something more feral this time from the box as they kind of line up their, their title defense. And it's just, even on the way out here, I was talking to someone and it's still so hard to call this, this World Cup. You've got the four leading contenders heading for those two quarterfinals, most likely, and Scotland with the ability to cause it an upset as well as it would be. So... Oh, it's going to be so much fun. As you say, Samoa and, and Fiji and those likes trying to get out on the other side and it's not knockout stages. I think it's all teed up for the best ever. Yeah, I think you're absolutely bang on. We will hear from Murray again after the game in Bayonne. Uh, the 42 subscribers will have access to instant post-match pods throughout the tournament, as is the case 
throughout Six Nations and all Ireland games. And we have got a brilliant offer only for listeners of this Free Friday podcast. Uh, it's only available as well for a few days, but if you sign up before Sunday the 3rd of September, you get a 30% discount on an annual membership. And this special offer is available now. Go to the 42.e forward slash extra, sign up. Our big tournament preview pod will go out on Monday the 4th of September, so make sure you get the discount and sign up before then. Murray, I'll let you go. Thanks a million. Enjoy the match, everyone. Catch you after. Go well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. As I say, 42 subscribers will hear from Murray again on Saturday night. And we'll be back then with Bernard Jackman on Monday after Ireland squad announcement on Sunday. And for those of you who tune in every Friday, we'll be back this time next week as well. Mind yourselves in the meantime. Have a great weekend. Take it easy. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's got names to fill two double barrels He spits out, grits out, only smokes carols And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit, you better hear it and fear it Oh, that's the spirit Saying sister, sister, how I miss you, miss you Let's go wrist to wrist and take your skin off on the whisper If you're a rock star, pawn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land.